1: It's Eric Johnson. Thanks for being on the show, Eric.
0: Hey, Whitney. Thanks for having me. Good morning.
1: Eric operates Shoreside Realty Finance, a lending company dedicated to working with investors day in and day out to provide streamlined finance services and emphasizes execution and integrity. Eric is also an active investor in the Chicago market. Shoreside's mission is to help investors achieve efficient and effective growth by delivering reliable financing solutions that are tailored to their investment strategy. Uh, Eric, welcome again to the show. I'm grateful to have you on. You know, lending. Uh, you know the finance piece of any uh, usually commercial or almost any real estate deal is so crucial. Uh, you know, and how we do that, who that lender is, in that relationship. Uh, so many deals are are made or killed by the type of debt you know that we get, uh, or by the lender we're working with. And so I'm looking forward to the conversation. Give us a little more about you know who you are, Eric, and in, in Shoreside Realty Finance, and, and let's dive in.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, again, no, great to great to be on the show. So um, and. Just kind of what you just said is is so true. Many deals uh, can be killed based on how you source your debt, or the relationships, or just really the communication of who your lending partner is. It's it's just every piece is so important. Um, but really, I, I mean, for my my own personal backstory, uh, I got started in investing uh, actually in Los Angeles. I lived there for about four and a half years, and that was uh, that was tough. <laughs> it was it was actually with fix and flips. So that's kind of where my my story began. Um I teamed up with a couple investors out there and did um acquisitions um for them actually. That's kind of how I got into investing and I guess flips was something that uh, I was interested in the beginning. Um and then I kind of found my niche in in finance shortly thereafter and uh, I've been doing that and and helping investors um you know uh, pretty much just with how they grow their portfolio and how they actually, you know, analyze deals um and kind of helping them through the process and and that's really, you know, what it is all about so um, nice. You know, it's it's
1: for sure. Well, so that's awesome. You know, you have the real estate background, or you were doing flipping, and then it's kind of evolved uh, into your into the lending business and what you're doing now. Um, you know, so let's just jump right in. I know many of the listeners. Uh, you know, debt is is something to, is difficult to figure out sometimes, and there's different options. And you know, what do we need? What's the best option? Um, so why don't we talk a little bit about just you know debt strategies and and just how they align with different types of investment niches.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So um I'll try to make this super concise and, and just super digestible. If we're just talking in, you know, investor financing here, I mean, let's look at the main strategies, right? You have you know, fix and refi, or it we fix, refi and hold, which is, you know, essentially burr, right? Um, and then you also have five plus. So five plus units, uh, or multifamily. And at that point it's a different game in terms of the debt. So let's tackle the fix and sell and fix and hold, since that's Probably what ninety percent of investors are doing right on on one to four unit prop that's the the s so for for fix and sell right you have um essentially fix and flip loans right you that's that's short term bridge lending that's a percentage of the acquisition and you get your construction right that's that that's what enables you to do deals and then whether you know you external investors for the equity piece is kind of you know, it's a non factor. But that's where the debt is coming from, right? So it's a for if you if you're an investor who wants to flip, that's what it is. It's a it's a probably twelve month bridge loan, eighty percent acquisition, hundred percent construction. Um, and then that's what keeps your business, you know, rolling from a debt perspective. Um for a fix and refi, so for a bird deal, you're gonna have two pieces. And this is why it's a little more complicated than just a fix and flip, because a fix and flip only has one debt what I call stage, right? For for any deal that has a refi, you have two dead stages, right? You have, the, you have the initial front end, which is the acquisition, which will still be a bridge loan, right? Because you still need to fix the property. And on the refi side, now you need to make sure that your LTVs line up with, with your payoff and, and the market value of the property, right? Um, so on the refi side, you're going to be looking at, uh, probably if you're an investor who can't go conventional, probably an asset-based uh, commercial loan right based on the debt coverage ratio of the property and that's going to be those that's going to be the two uh, debt stages for for bird deals um and i i advise investors keep your keep your arv or keep your payoff to 70% of your arv some people push it to 75 i i, I don't i don't usually like to advise on 75 just because it it can be tougher it can eliminate some of your options especially with a situation like covid if a shift in the marketplace this happens, you want to make sure you're you're protected. But roughly, that's you know that's kind of if, if you're a smaller investor on one to four unit properties, those are your kind of your your end games for for debt. Yeah, just a very brief overview.
1: Yeah, and I, you know I think most of the listeners are going to be doing that. The five units or more, they're going to be in larger commercial real estate. Uh, you know, and looking for you know uh, obviously agency debt or, or bridge debt for larger properties or different things like that. Um, you know, what about You know, just as they are are looking for debt right now, uh, you know, just with COVID and everything that's happened, could you just speak to to that listener right now who's who's trying to get into uh, to the syndication business? They're looking for debt. What are their challenges going to be right now uh, in the current market with COVID? Everything that's happening.
0: Yeah, absolutely. If if you're a syndicator, if you're experienced or syndicator listening, there's a lot of moving parts right now. One is leverage in the marketplace has significantly decreased because uh, secondary market investors are really skittish and therefore reducing liquidity in the secondary market. So where where those dollars were really flowing, you know, pre-COVID, they're not really. Even Freddie and Fannie are at seventy-five, and they were eighty percent all day, you know, before COVID. So you need to be careful on what leverage you're you're anticipating. And then the second part is how you're structuring your deals from, uh, an investor standpoint and making, making sure that that's clear. Um, especially in, in a saturated like this, I know a lot of my, a lot of my clients are, they're not winning deals. They're, they're submitting offers and, and there, there's just four other offers on, on the property, um, especially for, for, for multifamily. And, um, so going back to the the entity structure you know making sure you have all of your lps and and external investors in line making sure that that deal structure is clear from the beginning so there's no time wasted because depending on that structure and how you set up your your entity and and how you set up your investors within that that entity usually single asset entity then it's it's it'll play into the underwriting of the deal and and you may need to switch some things that's why it's the best idea to get it sorted out um at the beginning and i see a lot of syndicators run into that issue where they're scrambling trying to figure out their their lp or their investor structure just because you know there's some things that that came up in the process which is which is normal but i mean that's why you need to stay um you need to stay flexible so
1: let's talk about this a little bit you know you talked about how leverage has decreased you know, and how uh, Freddie and Penny are now at 75%, you know, what will that typically do to a deal? Is that going to kill, you know, most deals? Uh, you know, how do you see that on the lending side? Um, you know, what are, how does that, uh, how are there, what are those barriers and how do we overcome them?
0: Yeah. So I wouldn't say the 5% knack in, in leverage is in and it, in it, in it of itself a deal killer, right? Cause you can still just raise that 5% equity. Like that's, that's not a big issue. Really the issue is even on agency debt right now, there's COVID reserves. Right. So that's the big thing. So before, um obviously pre-COVID, there was no such thing as, as COVID reserves. Usually, you know, you have your net worth, your liquidity requirements, but right now they they're actually having you know, uh, sponsors escrow maybe six months of P and I in additional, you know, in addition to cash to close. Um so you're the borrowers are coming in with pretty much you know more more equity um and in some cases it can be 9 months um and i know it, as of a couple months ago it was piti as well 6 months piti and then some people are like well mm, you know depending on the size of the deal right if it's a large loan amount that that could be a decent sum of money so um people in you know its sponsors were were kind of backing off and they're like oh, this deal is not you know not too good um but so they 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 kind of pulled the plug but as far as rates go i mean obviously great rates but it's just you know getting over those reserve requirements so that's really another key thing that if you're a syndicator in this market and you you want to do you want to do deals you know just expect some kind of additional liquidity or you know reserve requirements on top of you know everything
1: what's been the process or what you've seen up to this point of getting those reserves back
0: the agencies are, are are essentially holding that in an escrow account, right? And from what I information that that they've put out, um, uh, actually publicly, is when the COVID reserves kind of back off, the borrowers, the sponsors are going to have to request those funds um, back. So if it was a COVID specific, you know, escrow account or requirements um, of you know for the loan in the loan docs at funding, when those are you know backed off in in the future whenever that is then the sponsors are going to have to go back and you know essentially reach out and and say hey this is my property is operating at you know 95% occupancy we're 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 good the covid you know guidelines have have backed off i would like to request you know um my 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 funds back from from this specific account and that's usually how how you would do it that's the most direct way
1: okay so we we got to go we don't we got to request that and like how you mentioned there you know represent ourselves well this i mean this is the property's operating this this well this is what's happened over the last year this is our occupancy all those things uh, so we can just bolster why they should uh, refund the reserves right or give those back to us so we can use those or distribute them back out to investors as well uh, if it's you know if we didn't need that uh, at the moment and so You talked also about like structuring, the importance of structuring the deal correctly and clear from the beginning. Could you elaborate on that? What does that mean exactly to the lender? uh, You know, as far as you know, structuring it clear from the beginning.
0: Yeah, it it's going to depend on which program, I I guess the 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 asset or the deal falls into, right? Because obviously, if you're going to go, you know, something like agency versus CMBS, CMBS is a little more lax, I guess is the right, is the right word. Right. And that's, that's usually the, the, the tier below, um, you know, something like, like agency. Um, agency is going to be more strict. You're going to have to follow, you know, all, you know, what, what, what they require. And, and you, you know, usually it's a, it's a single asset entity. Um, and, and if you have outside, you usually have an LLC just for holding the investors. Right. So you don't usually put yourself in you know as as a member of the llc and then slap in your 20 investors you know as 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 members you usually have you know one llc that's maybe you and a you know you and another general partner and then you have another llc in which all of the other lps are in and then the llc that you and your your other general partner are in, own you know that it's it's within it's contained within that the lp llc is contained within the gp llc so to say which is the G, but the GP LLC is the title holder. So that's that's generally a clean, acceptable way to, you know, to to do it. Obviously, it's going to you know going to 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 depend. But um, that's that's a pretty clean way to just keep everything nice and, and in its own separate you know domain. So to say, so there's no crossover confusion.
1: What are a couple ways that you've seen people get creative uh, with lending to just help explode their growth?
0: really value add, right so syndicators are all about value add. so in, in you know my experience in, in, in funding these deals really it's it's going after um, bridge debt at the beginning. so if, if if the sponsor really identifies a good value add asset and there's a lot of potential for upside, you can definitely come in with a bridge you know a bridge loan at you know 75 uh, LTV and maybe 100 percent construction. Right. So it's essentially going to be like a burr. It's going to be like a bird deal, but for, you know, multifamily, if you want to think of it like that, right? Just, you're essentially fixing it, rehabbing it, stabilizing it and, um, and refinancing. So if you're, you know, if you're a syndicator listening to this, if you can really use bridge debt creatively in addition to a, an equity raise, right? And, and by putting those two together, you can really come into a deal, um, very strong. Um, and by the time that you know you, you you fix up the property and hopefully underwrite conservatively you still have a lot of upside to capture um but once the property is you know stabilized once you once you re, you know refi and and hold it um you you should be able to 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 capitalize on you know even a cash out refi uh, and you know disperse some of that equity back um and obviously lower lower your rate and um and get better terms on it so um, but again, you know on the on the value add side it's still going to be you know probably a a twelve to twenty four month bridge loan, depending on how big the project is right if it's a fifty unit building and needs you know a million bucks in you know capex, then you know we'll we'll probably shoot for for a twenty four month initial plus you know some six month extensions here and there so
1: eric what's been what's the hardest part of this lending process or working with you know a commercial investor you know or a syndicator?
0: Yes, I, I mean really it's it, it's just about the documents. I I got to I got to say that the delay between me getting the documents and, and me submitting it is pretty much zero, right? I submit it like it's within the hour, but if people are taking, you know, an hour to get or, or sorry, a week to get documents back to me um that are critical and and I mentioned that in the beginning, it makes the process way more difficult than it than it ever needs to be because as I look at it, if something goes wrong and we wasted a week in the beginning, we don't have that week on the back end when something actually does go wrong. <laughs> so I, I want to make that very, very clear. If especially with large transactions like this, because when you get the appraisal back, that's when the box kind of opens up, so to say, of, of potential issues to deal with. Um, so for, for any syndicator listening, don't lag behind on on investor docs or, or anything else because it it just makes the deal much more much more stressful than it needs to be because now everyone's anxious about the timelines and the contract and losing EMD and all this. So
1: nice. No, I appreciate you elaborating on that or just uh, just hammering that home a little bit. No doubt about it. You want to be as prompt as possible through the entire process because you need that extra week sometimes, right?
0: <laughs> ab- ab- no, absolutely.
1: So how do you how do you like to see operators preparing for a downturn when they're presenting themselves you know for a loan or for debt?
0: Yeah, so it, it, it's going to be. It, I mean, as far as you know, a deal package, you know, so to say, um, or, or or a pitch, you know, to to you know for either potential investors or for debt, you want to really make sure you showcase the asset and business plan is right. So you you, you have the, the the entrance, the execution, and the exit. Those are the three stages. If if you can't give me every detail about those then it's you know there's probably something you know a, a gap in 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 your model or something that's missing um as far as just screening debt it's pretty easy you know getting in, in an offering memorandum you know two years income statements current rent roll and then if it's a value add deal please explain what that value add is what the as NOI is going to be and then you know what the, the as stabilized value is gonna be given area cap rates or what, what you estimate to be your, your cap rate and on your exit, whether it be in you know three or five years or, or what. Um but if if of those basic documents, it's it's pretty easy to, you know, come in and say, hey, is is this something that is this a deal you guys are interested in? This is a value add, you know, fifty unit in blah blah blah. You know, here are the docs and, and at that point it's it's pretty easy to screen.
1: What do you predict, Eric, uh, is going to happen in the real estate market over the next six to twelve months?
0: You know, we're we're expecting a pretty positive outlook for Q one of twenty twenty one. So we're we're hoping that uh, some of these COVID reserves and and other you know overlays are are going to be kind of you know coming back. I mean, even even here in in, in Q twenty, we've seen a resurgence in in some liquidity, which has restored some LTVs. Traditionally, a lot of people in the in the middle of COVID were at seventy. Now, now we're kind of at seventy, you know, across the board on on strong deals. So, you know, I'm hoping that some of these COVID overlays will get taken back because they they've been on there for 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 a good amount of time, and it's made a lot of purchase deals maybe a little on the unattractive side. Refinance is a, is a little easier, right? Because you don't need that that extra, or you know, the the reserves comes from the the existing equity right so it's not out of out of the the sponsor's pocket so to say and they're still getting a reduced rate but you know purchases are are a little hard to navigate so I'm hoping that those become easier you know in in the next uh, 12 months for sure
1: do you have a a couple of daily habits that you you're disciplined about that have helped you achieve success
0: i'm pretty disciplined about diet and creative time so um in, in a non, I guess in a non-business way, right? You kind of have to take care of your, your whole self before you can really go into business. So I'm pretty strict about, you know, not, not eating um, unhealthy, you know, foods. I, I do like sugar, but <laughs> but uh, I, I always keep it, um, you know, in, 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 in the healthy way, just because it keeps me energized. And that's really what it comes down to. If you don't have energy, you know, how are you going to do, you know, conference calls and, and emails and, and, you know, figure, you know, figuring out deals, negotiations, all that, you got to feel good. So I, I always put that, I always put my, my health first.
1: Yeah. What's that saying? The, uh, the unhealthy man has one wish the healthy or the The healthy man has many wishes. The unhealthy man has one wish. Uh, You know, uh, so couldn't agree with more. Yeah, health is so important. And one big way you do that is what you put in your mouth. But um, so is there is there a way you've recently improved your business, Eric? That we could also apply to ours?
0: Yeah. So um, I I mean, in terms of our our programs, I mean, we we've reduced pricing and and rates across the board for our seven hundred plus you know FICO borrowers on the one to four unit side and um actually some reserve requirements as i mentioned in the beginning uh they went from about 9 months to about 6 months um and you know in some cases maybe can get some some exceptions depends on sponsor strength um and and so those reserve requirements have gone down so you know it's it's again it's 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 very slow progress it's it's kind of like the this whole year has been you know since the outlook of of covid has has kind of um i guess tapered a little bit The finance sector has been kind of this slow, this slow creep. And and I'm hoping for a more exponential growth or, I guess, uh, restoration next year. So,
1: what's the number one thing that's contributed to your
0: success? I I, I would say daily actions, albeit no matter how small. So, I've always made it a a thing. I I was always a gung ho kind of uh, person in, in the beginning where I wanted to do all these big things in one day. And slowly I figured out that that wasn't really sustainable, you know, maybe once or so every, every week, um, you know, or, or, you know, maybe if you have some emergencies, you got to put in some, some burn hours, but really just keeping it balanced and being self-aware of your own balance and just taking consistent actions, right? If you're a new syndicator, what do those daily actions look like for you, right? Is it talking to one broker every day? If you talk to one broker every day for 30 days, you have 30 new contacts. And one, one call a day isn't too hard, right? But that can add up. And so if, if you just stick to little stuff, and the best part about that is if you do one thing, your brain's going to say, Hey, I can do this. And you're going to want to do more. So.
1: Nice. No, that is great advice. I appreciate you sharing that. Just the consistency is what's so important. And you just laid it out there very simply, which is amazing. Just the daily actions. And like I said, one call a day, you know, even if you're working full time and have all kinds of things going on, I bet during your lunch hour, you can make one call a day, uh, right? And get the ball rolling in many directions. So what about, uh, how do you like to give back?
0: SRF is it's it's a service, you know, a you know, business. I mean, we're we're a direct you know lending platform, but but really I mean investors come to me with questions like all day, right? And I'm not an attorney, so I don't shortchange them on, on information <laughs> in exchange for you know dollar bills. But um, if if you come, you know, if an investor comes to me and says, Hey, this is what I want to do, you know, this is my model, how do I do it? And I will say, here is what you need. You need one, two, three, four ABC if you have these things come back to me and we can get a deal done, you know, or, you know, at at least I can, I can put you in the right direction to get a deal done. And that's, that's really what it's all about. Right. And again, I'm not here to shortchange people on, on withholding information because there's just a lot to navigate in, in the commercial finance world. So, you know, when, when investors come to me, I, I lay it out for them based on their strategy. And, and, you know, I, I, am honest and upfront. I'm say, you know, hey, if you don't have liquidity, this is what you need to do. This is where you need to be. If you don't have this money, you need to find a way to get this money <laughs> to to do these deals.
1: So true. And, and it's so important in our business, in any real estate business, we have somebody like yourself that we can reach out to and ask questions of and say, what about this type of property or what, you know, this, this scenario, what do I need to do to make it happen? Uh, you know, and that, that you're, you know, at least one of those calls monthly that we're probably reaching out to. Um, and so, Eric, you know, how can people get in touch with you and learn more about you?
0: Yeah. So my website is um, com, So www.shoresidefinance.com. Um And, you know, I, I love when people email me, I'm, my email is, open to two investors. Uh, my email is eric, I C finance.com. That's by far the best way to reach me and, and I'm super responsive. So,
1: Awesome. That's a wrap, Eric.
0: Thank you so much. Awesome. All right. Th- thanks for having me. Appreciate, I appreciate it.
1: Don't go yet. Thank you for listening to today's episode.